It's election night in America. There's a buzz in this country today. You know, all these people going out there to vote today is really an amazing thing to witness. Democracy in action. I love seeing young people motivated to make a difference and realize the power they have to change the world in which they live in by casting a vote. Whether you're Republican or Democrat or Independent, it is an amazing thing to watch everyone have the freedom to express what they would like to see happen in the world, which is a thing that many of us take for granted in this great country. Now, imagine if we had the ability to vote in the pinball world. What would we vote for? What would we vote against? Who would we love? Who would we hate? Who would we support? Uh, it's an interesting concept. Imagine if we all had the ability to vote on what would be the next pinball theme that Stern Pinball had to make, or the next pinball theme that Jersey Jack would have to make. Um, on this episode, because it is election night, I am going to give the top 10 things that Canada would change in the pinball world if I was voted in by you, the listener, to be some sort of pinball deity or god, all right? Some all-powerful ruler of the pinball universe, I would do 10 things that I think would significantly improve this hobby that we all love. But before I do that, because I was not voted in, what I do want to do first on this episode of Canada's Pinball Podcast is I want to give a shout out to those people who have supported me. And I don't just mean you, the listener, who listens to every one of these shows. And I know you guys must really enjoy the fact that a few times a week, you can see that there's a new Canada's Pinball Podcast out in the world. I used to get really excited when I would listen to Coast to Coast Pinball. And every time Nate had a new show, it was like a treat. And I know you enjoy pinball podcasts. It's not just my show you enjoy. You enjoy the fact that people are taking time out of their day to create entertaining pinball content for you to listen to and enjoy. And I love doing it for you. But I just want to say an extra special thank you to those individuals that have donated to Canada's Pinball Podcast on Patreon. Uh, I, I get about you know, 1,500 plus people that listen to every episode of Canada's Pinball Podcast. And I think I've had, let me see right now, a little over 12 people have become patrons of my show on Patreon. And I want to give these people a call out, all right? Because these people went above and beyond just listening. They also are sharing their support of the show. And I hope you out there who listen to this show, if I could ask for anything, even just a dollar a month, would really be great just to show that you support Canada's Pinball Podcast and want to keep it going um, forever and ever and ever. But I want to thank Cody Miller. I want to thank Courtney. I want to thank Deanna Gerard. I want to thank Demon Sucks, whoever that is. I want to thank Hector. I want to thank um, Ivo Balzer, uh, Justice Allison, KM, um, Lawrence. I want to thank Lou, Matthew Rattray, Michael Jones, Scott Drager, and Tony Tran. 
are my supporters right now on Patreon. So guys, thank you so much. And for those of you out there, if you want to donate to Canada's Pinball Podcast, um, just go to Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N, and look for Canada's Pinball Podcast. And I told you guys, it's election night, so we're going to do a little bit of political lobbying for donations. Uh, But let's get right into the pinball news. So before I give you the top 10 things that I would change in the pinball world, um, we have to do a little level set on where we are. It is now November 6th of 2018, and I'm here to tell you, all right, that we are probably not going to get any more major pinball news between now and the end of the year, all right? That means that all of the games that we're probably going to see between now and January 1, we already know about, okay? That means that Munsters will not be shown before January, all right? So Beatles will be the big stern title of Q4. We know about Beatles, we know about Pirates of the Caribbean, we know about Alice Cooper's Nightmare Castle, we know about Oktoberfest, we know about Monster Bash Remake. Am I missing anything else new that's coming out this time of year? So what I mean by this is that there isn't going to be more stuff for people to love and for people to complain about. This is it. This is it. So I implore all of us out there to take a deep breath and realize that it hasn't really been a bad year. In fact, these years are some of the best years when it comes to new pinball coming out in the world. I do think 2019 is going to be an even more exciting year in the world of pinball. But I have to say this. I went into the Beatles thread again, and I'm going to talk a little bit about Beatles because there's no escaping it. This game has created a debate very much like a political debate in which people are weighing in heavily, uh, giving their opinions about this game, giving their opinions time and time again about the game. And we keep hearing from the same people, uh, you know, whether or not they're going to buy it, whether or not they're going to pass on it, whether or not they think Stern was lazy, whether or not they like Stern's approach. And I'm all about people sharing their opinions of this game. Uh, But I can't help but read the Beatles thread and just think that people need to cut Stern a little bit more slack on this one. This is this game has been unfairly roasted, uh, especially from a company that's already given you three great games this year and usually does three to four games a year for you to choose from, and yet other companies that can barely manufacture a single game in 18 months, they seem to always get more cheerleaders and more enthusiasm Uh, for their new products. And so I I just think overall, I'm sort of thankful that Stern made this game. It's never been a theme that I've been in love with, so I think it makes it easier for me to emotionally detach myself from getting so invested. But I really see people uh, like Hilton, like cheerleading against this game. And it's trolling on, on on a very, very like simple level. When you repeatedly go into this thread and read stuff like Hilton and Iceman, it's like they're just rooting against this game. They're not going to buy one. At what point does 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 like the constant complaining cross the line from, you know, feedback and constructive criticism to downright 
cranky trolling that should not be allowed. And I'm going to talk about this in my top 10 things I'd like to see changed because um, I, I think it directly affects something that I want to see changed. Uh, but we finally realize what the Beatles pricing is, sort of. And I say sort of because it's kind of still unofficial. And that also makes it kind of really confusing. And here's, I've been a, 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 a fan of Stern's approach of making a throwback Beatles, but I do want to draw a line in the sand uh, in which I say that I am disappointed by the lack of clarity in how they're handling getting one of these games. And, and, and in marketing, the, one of the things you don't want to do is you don't want to create an environment in which there's just a lot of complexity and uncertainty on the consumer's part, uh, especially when it comes to how the consumer will be able to buy your product, right? These are expensive pinball machines. You're asking people to pay $800 for the gold version of the Beatles. You are asking people to pay $10,000 for the platinum edition. So that's the price of the platinum. It's $10,000. The diamond edition does not carry a price. Uh, very, very little sneaky move on Stern's part so they can say that these games all cost uh, $10,000 or below, right? Oh, it's going to be much cheaper than Batman Super LE. Okay, is it? Because you didn't price it at all. <laughs> so the diamond is just this ambiguous, nebulous, like black hole of a price. Nobody knows like what it is. I saw a distributor went on Pinside and said, we sold a diamond edition, but I won't tell you for how much. I'll just say that it's in line with where some of the speculation was. So I read that and I'm like, but but man, the speculation has been everywhere from 10,000 to 50,000 and everything in between. Like I've been hearing 25,000, I've been hearing 15,000. Which one is it? And then we got the Chicago Sun-Times article that says the Diamond Edition is going to be the most expensive pinball machine of all time, possibly. Not confirming the price, possibly. And so I want to talk a little bit about this because I think it is very, very annoying that the Diamond Edition of this game remains like this mysterious entity that if I'm a Beatles fan and if, if I'm a pinball collector and I want one of these, I literally don't know how much it is. And I still don't know how much it is. And I still, I called up some distributors today and I asked them, how much is the Diamond Edition? I didn't tell them who I was. They still won't give me a price on it. And I, and I think it's so strange to me that Stern is handling it this way because it just feels like these games were meant to be just thank you items to certain you know high volume buyers. And that, I'm okay with all of that. But just price the fucking thing, all right? Price it. Even Bugatti... You know, even Ferrari, Lamborghini, even when they make their their special super limited edition cars, they tell us, is it 2.2 million? Is it 4.2 million? Is it 1.6 million? Whatever you want to price it at, I'm okay with. I don't take offense in the pricing of it. I take offense in the lack of pricing of it. Because in a weird way, it's like they're trying to shelter themselves from the blowback that they got. 
Um, but even when I think about the three-tiered model here with the Beatles, it still doesn't make sense to me the way it even did with Batman uh, between the Super LE and the LE. I still think you could look at a Batman Super LE and see more of an upgrade between that and Beatles between the Diamond Edition and the um, Platinum Edition, right? The Diamond Edition doesn't have does it have special metallic decals that are not on the Platinum? I don't think so. Does it have an upgraded speaker system? Uh, I don't think so. Does it have like additional toys, albeit they were some of the cheapest lame toys Stern put in the SLE, but at least they were trying to do stuff differently. Um, there just doesn't feel like that much of an effort. You know, Stern had the, the Batman spotlight on the SLE. It still does have the custom Adam West callouts that are supposed to be given to the 80 SLE owners, and they've recorded those names as well. So there really is nothing at all that justifies the increase between the platinum and the diamond at all, other than artwork and other than the fact that there's only 100. And so for that reason, I do think that the way they rolled out the marketing around this game has been very, very wonky. It, it has. It, it, it really does make you wonder what has to be going on inside some guy's head to really say, I, I have to have a diamond edition of this game. Because I just don't think they went and gave you something worthy of that increase. Uh, I actually think the gold is just the way to go. I mean, no one's really going to care that you just have an arbitrary diamond or platinum thing on the apron. I, I actually think the gold kind of looks the best, if I'm to be honest. Um, they all look good, though. They all look good. And I think now that we finally saw the actual art in the game and and Franchi put up some colors uh, that were more reflective of the game in person I think people are coming around the other thing I want to say is this and George Gomez posted this on Facebook he posted pictures from the Stern factory of the game on the line and I just have to you know you can hate Stern all you want you can complain about them all you want but you can't deny how incredible it is that you first saw this game a little over a week ago and it's already being made. I mean, can we for a minute just applaud them for this level of efficiency in manufacturing pinball? I mean, all the complaints in the world, people are going to get their Beatles pinball machines very, very soon. People are going to wait a year and a half to get their Alice Coopers. People are going to wait... God knows how long to get Pirates of the Caribbean when they already paid for it for a year. You know, people paid for Pirates of the Caribbean over a year ago, all right? And they still have not received their game, all right? So say what you will. I think that Stern um, continues to just understand the concept of you show your product when it's done and you're ready to ship it. And then you get it to people. Now, look, look, I know what you're saying. Like, well, they showed Batman and it wasn't done. And you're right. But they're learning their lessons. How many incomplete games have they shipped since then? You know, maybe Guardians. But for the but other games coming out much, much further along um, than previous ones. All right. All right. So.
What else is going on in the pinball world? There was a image of a Back to the Future uh, back box artwork that was being incorrectly attributed to Deep Root. And it wasn't Deep Root who put up this image. It wasn't a leak from Deep Root. This was 100% um, a fake image. And I know Robert responded and immediately was like, you know, that's not, you know, that's not ours. We're going to prosecute these people to the fullest of our abilities and yada, yada, yada. And look, I, I totally, I totally understand like Robert having like a trigger finger on this, but, but I think he also has to understand that this is part of pinball and you don't want to be seen as someone who's just going to like go after everyone who's going to like parody or 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 make you know fake versions of games that they're going to attribute to your company. I mean it happens all the time. I mean I I work on Oreo cookies and people make <laughs> fake Oreo cookie packages and release them to the internet and people go crazy. Uh, but at the end of the day is it really hurting anyone? Is it hurting Deep Root's ability to get this theme if that's if they're in talks to get it? I don't see why it would. Because again, it's clearly like a fan-made joke. Um, so if I were Robert, I would calm down. I wouldn't, you know, try to go after whoever did it. It wasn't me. Um, I, I just think stuff like this happens all the time. Someone once sent me an image of Wonder Woman with the Stern logo on it, and, and it's like it looked real, right? It's really easy to put a company's logo on top of stuff, but we're here to tell you that game is not happening. Um, I don't, well, I'm not, here's the thing that image is fake. I don't know if the game is happening or not. All of this comes from. Uh, this week in pinball, when Jeff went over there, and Deeprit was talking about how they were trying to make a game that had like s sparks and a smoke trail, and everyone's like, "Smoke trail's got to be the DeLorean from Back to the Future." So that's where all this came from. Uh, so there's a lot of excitement that Back to the Future will be remade. There was a lot of talk that it would be a uh, Dutch pinball title. Remember when that was a, a speculative thing, uh, but no longer. So, so look. I, I, I think that it's just fake, and it is what it is. All right. It's election night. Canada has been voted in the leader of the pinball world. And, and in my hands, I sit atop the Wrath of Olympus temple. And I have the ability to look down on the pinball hobby and to make ten changes to the pinball world. And with this power, I feel great responsibility to choose 10 things that after all the years I've been studying this hobby, I think these 10 things um, would significantly and positively uh, impact the pinball hobby, okay? And you're not going to hear anything about, you know, tournament play and code depth, all that stuff, because I, you know what? No, no. I want to make things that matter more than that stuff. All right. So we're going to go down the list 10 to one, uh, in descending order. Are you ready? All right. The number 10 thing that Canada would change in the pinball hobby. Number 10 is we need limited edition games that are actually limited by number and also limited by experience. All right, I do think that this hobby 
has a lot of collectors and I think collectors do want limited edition games and I think people who fight that are silly or don't understand a thing about marketing they don't understand a thing about uh, collectibles like pinball machines and they don't understand why it's exciting to know that you have one of only a certain number of something I mean there's that's just in us like we like knowing we have a limited number I don't think anything in pinball today is like truly very limited um, I, I even would say that like 500 of them feels like a lot a lot and but I would rather take 500 limited editions than the 1,000 limited edition strategy of Jersey Jack. I would also take it over the 1,250 of Monster Bash Remake LE. And I get that you're using the word limited in a very literal way. But I do think, to me, the real sweet spot to make a game limited where you could charge a lot more and also... Uh, ensure that that game holds value because there's just not that many out there. I do think that a number closer to 250 feels about right. Now, here's the thing too. You really, really, really have to make a good game still to make that 250 sell. And you need no other proof than the fact that Jersey Jack couldn't even sell in a limited number of dialed-ins, and he only made 150 of those, and he also couldn't sell in a limited number of Pirates of the Caribbean, and he was making 250 of those. You know, so, um, you know, I think 250 is like the number for me. Now, the more important thing is this. I don't really, you know, numbers, numbers aside, I think for the amount of money people are paying for limited edition games, Okay, and I consider limited edition to be Jack's collector's editions, which is like $12,500 for a Jersey Jack pin and $9,000 for a Stern pinball machine. I do think that there should be a limited experience that only those people get. And here is what I mean by that. Whether it's a mechanism that is only in that game that those people get or the easier thing to do, but which is still not done, is give those limited edition games a few extra modes that are only available in the LEs. Why is that so hard to do? I, I literally don't understand. They've got all these coders and they're not giving you anything extra in terms of gameplay. When you go buy a Mercedes, all right, and then you go buy like the black series of the car, which is like the limited version. You know what's different about the car? Not the color of the paint, but the actual driving experience is different. But I think it's kind of pathetic that we've all bought into this three-tier model where really the gameplay experience is hardly even different now between the pro and the premium, and yet we're paying almost $4,000 more for the same exact gameplay experience. And if I was a pinball god, I would change that and I would stop it so that the 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 only difference now is the artwork which only costs them like really nothing compared to uh, giving you something special. And the other thing too is I think it should be special. I think when you stand in front of one of only 250 in the world or one of only 80 in the world, when you stand in front of that game, there should be something more you can point at 
as to like a unique experience that someone would remember versus just the artwork because it's a pinball game. I don't want people to say, I got to play like, you know, one of only 200 and like, here's what my experience was. No one's ever going to be like, oh, I was playing. It had nicer side cabinet artwork, right? All right. Number nine on Canada's top 10. I'll go through them faster. That was just a longer one. I'm sorry, guys. There was like two and one there. Number nine on things I would change. I would stop leaning into the LCD as the main place where theme integration is happening. And I would look to create more of the themes world on the play field. I think pinball is defaulting now to putting so much more on the screen. And even though some of the screen work is, is, has become really, really good, like I have to applaud the incredible animations at Jersey Jack. Um, Stern is, you know, much better. Uh, so is Spooky. Um, uh, American Pinball, still a lot of work to be done. But a lot of the game itself, a lot of the connection to the theme is happening there and not on the play field. And I think that sucks. And I really think we're going backwards in terms of making the actual pinball experience more magical. Uh, and I think the LCD is, is a lot to blame for that. I think when you only have the DMD dots, to you, know, you, you only could tell a limited amount of the story and you only could show a limited amount of the universe or the world on the screen that you built it more into the play field. And, and that's why I think a game like Monster Bash Remake, to me, is the perfect all-you-need balance between the two. You've got that world and all that stuff down there, and then you've got like a great display that walks you through the game, but it's not like relying on the LCD. You know, if they made Monster Bash Remake today, you know, look at like, um, look at look at Alice Cooper's Nightmare Castle. You're battling all these monsters in Alice Cooper's Nightmare Castle, right? Okay, now tell me, when you're battling those monsters in Alice Cooper's Nightmare Castle, where are those physical monsters on the play field? All right, now look at Monster Bash Remake. All the monsters are physically represented on the play field, and that is the difference. 20 years later, 20 years later, we're having a similar type game, but all the monster bashing is happening on an LCD. I think that sucks, and I would change that, all right? All right, number eight in Canada's top 10 things I would change. I would institute more quality testing in games before they go to consumers, all right? One of the news items that I can't help but avoid this week is that consumers are finally getting Jersey Jack Pinball Pirates of the Caribbean. And if you read that thread, and you read the owner's club thread, it is probably the last thing you want to see in an owner's club thread. And that is so many people are opening up that game and they're having issues right out of the box. And, and I'm sorry, but I don't buy the excuse that it's pinball and you have to set it up properly, right? Yes, you should have to like put the legs on it. You should have to level it. You should check for like loose connectors, but I'm not talking about like a connectors loose. I'm talking about people have to like 
take out a screwdriver and move shit around. I'm talking about people have to like take off the upper play field to try and fix stuff. I'm talking about people with like broken wires. I mean, it, this is not, you know, the ball won't plunge properly on certain people's games. Like this isn't a loose connection. Um, and I think a lot of this is because they have to rush the games out. These games aren't being tested enough um, to catch these issues. And, you know, look, with, with we saw it with like Waz and the light boards. That was a different story. Jack knew the guy who designed the boards designed them wrong, and he knew they were going to all fail. That's a different story here. There's a lot of mechanical stuff going wrong with Pirates. Okay, and I just think for nine and a half thousand dollars, and that's the other thing too, for nine and a half thousand dollars, you expect a better built game. All right, people don't want to open up the box and have a broken game, and I think a lot of that would be solved by just more time putting these games on location uh, to see what fails with them and then making the necessary changes. All right, all right, number seven on things I would change, I want. And I would create more young creative minds making pinball and pushing the envelope on what pinball can be. I think the hobby is still filled with so many people that have been doing it for so many years. And there is no way around the fact that unless you get young blood and new people in this hobby who want to reimagine what pinball can be, they don't have to go overboard, but I think we're at a point where the old guard has sort of run out of ideas, and we're not seeing them put into these games anything that feels truly like creative or, you know, I wish I would have thought of that, or how do they come up with that concept? It all feels very, very expected. And I, I, I don't know if that's because of like cost-cutting measures, but how did we go from the level of creativity that happened in the Bally Williams day to where we are now? You can't blame it all on bomb. I think what really happened is back in the Bally Williams day, you had all of these guys that we know of when they were young and they were hungry and they were trying to prove a point. They wanted to impress their bosses. They wanted their game to be the one that was getting all the earnings, right? There's a lot of like competition to make stuff better. Now that we live in this like collector world where all these guys just buy sight unseen without even seeing the game or playing it, there's not as much, I think, desire to go that extra mile. But I also think it's just, it's just part of youth. You know, youth breeds a hunger that success kind of eliminates. Do you really think your favorite rock star is going to make a song as raw and as exciting and as like disruptive and magical as their first hit when they become a millionaire and then they're living in a mansion? No. And I think that's what's happened with a lot of these pinball designers, except for the part about them making money and being in mansions, is they're just out of ideas. And I just want to see new young talent. You know, that's why I think people were so disappointed with Pirates of the Caribbean. There was so much enthusiasm around Eric and around his engineering ability and around the mechanisms that he was going to put in the game. You know, and then they got removed. 
and they didn't work. And I think that took a lot of the wind out of the sails of his game, you know, because it was it, it's very much his game. And it's the last thing you want to hear is like, we couldn't make it work, um, even though we showed you it working. But then we realized it wasn't going to work. Like, that's just the last thing you want to do. All right. Number six. And this might be the most important one. And I'll explain why for the hobby. And I think this would create a lot more positive stuff if one simple move happened. I think the entire pinball hobby would be a lot more enjoyable. People would be a lot more engaging if Pinside would simply ban Hilton and actually do the purge that they talked about. I think a few of these hyper posters and mega trolls and guys who are living on the site and spewing nothing but negativity all day long. And you can see it. Just go read today's Beatles thread. Go read it and look for Wise Snow. Read all his comments. Look at how he's like rooting for every little thing to slam Stern and slam the game. And it's absolutely ridiculous. And meanwhile, like cheerleading Spooky all throughout it. Like Spooky's games are limited. Yeah, nobody wanted them, Hilton. All right. Nobody. All right. So I think if they actually did the purge that they were planning, it would do two things, which is also lead to my number five on the list. Five and six go together here. I think Stern and Jersey Jack Pinball need to rejoin the community and be part of the community again. And that's my number five wish. But the thing is, I can't get to number five if we don't tackle number six. For some reason, Robin has decided to allow these individuals to go on constant crusades against the major pinball manufacturers and now the major pinball manufacturers want nothing to do with the site and I do think it sucks because it's a very small hobby and I think it's much cooler when we have like designers and software engineers and, and, and people from the manufacturing side and you know talking to the community about why they made the game they made why they did it the way they did it you know instead of what always happens is like, look, you had like Pinside basically like frustrate Zombie Yeti. Like how does Pinside frustrate Zombie Yeti? That's how ridiculous the site has become. The guy is like the nicest guy on the planet. Um, Christopher Franchi, outspoken guy, talented artist, talented artist. And they basically insult his work left and right. And look who's still on Pinside running his mouth all the time, Auric. Uh, you know, a guy who doesn't have nearly the talent of Christopher Franchi, and yet Franchi's frustrated and doesn't want to be on the site very much, and yet Auric is there all the time, you know, giving his commentary about art and how he knows better when it comes to stuff like that, right? So I just think, I just think the purge should happen, and I think Pinside needs to turn a corner. It's not only about these individuals that need to go, they also need to limit the amount of threads they allow people to create to perpetuate this negative environment of trolling. And again, like no other, it's, it's, you can look no further than the Beatles. How many new threads had to be created simply to give one person a microphone to complain about Stern? You know, so like when Iceman puts up the thread 
how bad are Beatles sales? And it's all about simply because he got a call from his distributor, he's now going to start a thread slamming their decision to make the game again, slamming like the price of the game again, slamming everything about it again, which he's already done in the Beatles thread like 50 times. And it's so, it's like you literally can either build a site which I think is also the most helpful site ever. I mean, when I got into Pinball, Pinside is a such a valuable resource for people. Pinside helped me figure out which game I would get first. I love Pinside. I'm not going to lie about it. I love it, but it has a dark side that needs to be cleansed. I love the fact that the community will help you, help you figure out, you know, what kind of pins you might be into. The community will help you problem solve your game when you have a problem in real time. There is nothing like experiencing something with your brand new pin. Let's say at like Sunday at like two in the afternoon, something happens to your pin. You can't get in touch with the manufacturer, but if you go on pin side, chances are within a, within a half hour, someone's gonna help you solve your problem. That's incredible. And there's all these great people on Pinside. They are drowned out in so many of these new game threads by these trolls. And I really wish Robin would, would take control of the site and, and take control of the moderation. I'm here to tell you for a fact that the moderators had come to a decision to ban Hilton from Pinside. And they were going to do it. And Robin overruled their decision to do it because Robin said to his moderators, and I heard this from a moderator, and he won't deny this. He said to his moderator staff, I don't want to ban Hilton because then Canada will think he's the reason why we did this. So Robin would rather the site suffer from these trolls because in, because he doesn't he would rather the site suffer uh, than for him to do the right thing because it might make me happy or make me look like he did something I suggested and I just think it's ridiculous Robin if you're listening and I know you do and I know you listen force flow and all you moderators out there you need to get control of the site all right new year new pen side let's all make a pact to not allow the ultra trolling to per, per, you know prevail at the end of the day. All right, number, let's see, six, did I miss a number here? No, I didn't, okay. Number four, okay. Um, I think if I could change anything, and this gets back to Pinside even, I think we all should have the right to debate the games. All right, give constructive feedback on the games. You know, even to Ben Heck's like stride, and I, you know, Ben Heck can come on and say, I think the Oktoberfest artwork sucks. Like, that's okay. You can say that. You're, you have a right to that opinion. But what, what I think we need to stop doing, and if I could change one thing, debate the games with people, but don't personally insult people's decisions once they articulate to you that they have the game and they like it or they bought the game. If someone buys a game and says, I'm having fun with it, I respect that. That is the point of pinball. It is a toy for you to play and enjoy and have fun and spend time having like a good time. If someone says that, you then insult them. I think you suck. And I think we need to get away from that mentality. And I, I look, I've been um, I've been a hypocrite 
and I've been wrong of this too, or like anyone who buys Alien is like stupid because the game is going to break, you know, I apologize for that kind of like behavior because you know what? It's not right. And people are enjoying their aliens and that's cool. My bone to pick has always been with Andrew and I knew he was lying to you guys and I and was trying to help you guys not lose money with him. And there's parts about that game that are good. But again, I could say the game, I don't think the game is great and I don't. Like, I think Alien is a really bad interpretation of that theme. Again, because I don't think there's a lot happening on that play field with what they could have worked with within the alien world, I think there's hardly anything there that is, like, fucking awesome. I think that game is, like, 100% music and LCD integration. 100%. Tell me what mechs are in that game that bring the alien world to life. It is all LCD music. And, and, and those things are incredible. But, again, I think Alien's another game. Everything's happening on the screen and with the sound. But, man, what more they could have done with, like, mechs in that game. All right, anyway. But once you cross the line and start personally insulting people, I think it becomes ridiculous. And I think we all need to treat each other with more respect. We're all in this together. You have to remember, 99% of the world thinks we're all a bunch of fucking losers. And if you think that's not the case, go into any bar and tell people, like, you love pinball and watch them be like, what? Like, we are a very, very small segment of the world. And on some level, don't we all appreciate pinball and the fact that we can all hang out at expos and at conventions and shows and bars and league nights and share a common interest and have like an incredible uh, vernacular and understanding and education about pinball is really cool. I like geeking out with you guys about pinball because it takes my mind off of all the other shit going on in the world that is super depressing. But we need to respect each other more. And we shouldn't be name-calling. You know, like the monkey thing in Oktoberfest, man, that, that opened up Pandora's box where everyone's just like either calling people sissies or like racist and sexist. And it's like, stop. Pinball here, all right? This ain't like a political forum. This ain't a religious forum. This ain't a gender forum. It's pinball. I don't think anything's really happened in pinball that should, that, that should ever be taken too seriously, all right? So respect each other. I would I would try to instill that in people, all right? All right. Number 3. I think collectors that aren't really good at pinball should learn how to should take the year off and learn how to play their games and not just keep buying. And this is like my advice. And this is what I would change if I was the pinball god. Remember because I can change these things in people and in the hobby. I think so many people out there who have pinball collections are addicted to the collecting part of it. And it's crazy to me that somebody like Frolic, and this is not me personally insulting him, this is me trying to encourage him to like actually enjoy his games a little bit more. It's crazy to me that somebody like him, and there's many people like him, he represents like a lot of people out there that I know. They have like 20 games, they've had them for like years, and they still suck at pinball. Like, that's like having a golf course in your backyard and you still can't hit the fairway. I mean, when I hear him describe playing Batman 66 and how he can't really get very far in the game. And, and for those of you who have played Batman 66, it's not a hard game. Which means, like, he really, really, really needs, like, pinball lessons. And so my advice is to people, stop chasing the next game and needing to open up a box 
I think you'll enjoy this hobby more is if you just like focus on getting better at pinball and enjoying the games you have. And if you have a large collection and you haven't even been deep in any of those games because you're not very good, well then what's the point, right? It, it literally is like, it, it is almost the equivalent of, I'm gonna buy 20 books and just read chapters one through three of each of those books and then buy another book. Read chapter one through three and buy another book. Why? Like pinball is fun and it's more fun the better you get at it because you do get to like see more of the game and explore more of what the game is all about. I think it stops being fun though when you get too good and guys put up like 20 billion points on Batman and they blow the game up and then they never want to play it again. I think everyone should just get good enough to get through most of the game. I think that's a good place to be. All right, number two, um, I wish there was more competition in pinball that could reveal games and ship games to people faster. And the reason why I say that, and maybe this also blends in with number one, is that, so number one, number two is that. I, I do wish, I think competition makes the product better. I think pr competition gives you more for your money. The problem now is we live in this era of pinball where there's an illusion of competition. There is absolutely no competition right now in pinball. Uh, Jersey Jack Pinball was the great hope for someone to compete with Stern, not just on making a better pin than Stern, but having a factory and being able to get people games fast enough and create you know, one to two new titles every 18 months and it's been anything but that. Uh, uh, you know, Chicago Gaming Company, look at all the delays they had with Medieval Madness. Look at all the delays they've had with um, getting Monster Bash Remake revealed and out the door. And look, they're not even really out the door yet. So we'll see, like, when they actually start shipping to people, how long it takes to get your orders. Uh, but Stern, they have no competition. And I think one of the reasons why a lot of these companies fail is, you know, I don't, necessarily think you need to compete with volume on Stern. I don't think anyone can compete with volume. But I just think people need to, you know, make a game that is great. And I think they need to show it to us close to the time period in which they'll ship it to us. And that that delay between sh reveal and shipping has ultimately been what's crippled and financially destroyed the competitor's ability to actually make an impact in the market, all right? So number one, the number one thing I would change, um, and this is just, you know, you hear this as a common theme, I would, I would really use all of my pinball godlike powers to restore the magic to pinball that made us fall in love with pinball in the first place. And I would, I would, want, I would want all modern games to have at least two magical things about them that didn't revolve around an LCD screen and artwork. All right, I want the magic on the play field. And I, you know, I really do think at the prices we're paying for these games, it's hard to just look at some of these modern offerings and say, yep, they nailed it. That game looks like it's worth that. And I, and I, can't, I can't express that enough. I, I, I think there's a lot of good to like about these games. I think there's a lot 
uh, to enjoy with playing these games. But I also think a lot of these games don't have much in them. And that is why after just a few months, you want to let them go. And it's easy to let them go, right? Because, you know, there's nothing that just every time it happens, you're like, wow. I mean, literally, can someone just tell me what on Deadpool happens in that game that when you see it happen, it makes you all giddy, okay? Makes you go, wow, look at that, okay? I mean, that's all, is it that much to ask for? To have, you have a $9,000 box of lights and mechanisms and sounds and callouts to just have two things that make you go, wow, right? You know, look, I think you could look over Pirates of the Caribbean and I think there's like stuff in there that is, is really like, like, wow. I, I do. I, I'm, I'm, I don't think Pirates of the Caribbean falls down for me because of the mechanisms in the game. Um, I, I think it's just, there's too much. And, and they could have, you know, for example, I, I just used, I used the example of the, the pirate shot, the cannon shot out of the pirate ship. How did you not design that cannon shot to be more of a visually wow moment in the game? The rocking ship to me is cool, but it loses its wow because it's always on, right? That's the other thing about pinball wows is like they shouldn't always be going. Like there's, it's about... You did something that makes the wow happen. You know, when you look at pirates like that, you start to lose the wow, like the magic. Like, where is it? Like, is it, is that, you know, is the whirlpool ramp on the left? Is that incredible to watch? You know, is the roller coaster in Oktoberfest, is that enough? I don't know about you guys, but when I saw, like, I looking at the Habit Trail in Oktoberfest is more fun than actually watching what happens on it, right? You know what I'm saying? Like, it, it's like th there's a visual cue there that you want it to feel more exciting when those balls go down that path, but I don't know. Nothing on Oktoberfest feels like more of a wow than the, the, the big shot in Houdini, like the milk can shot. So that's, that's, that's really what I would love to see. And you know that. And we're not going to be able to tell if Munsters has it until next year. We definitely know that Beatles probably doesn't have it. Um, we know that, you know, uh, Alice Cooper, I don't know. which What's the wow shots? We know where are they? Uh, is, it, is it the upper play field? I don't know, you know? I, I literally... I literally just look for that in pinball, and that's what I would bring back to the hobby. And I also think, you know, on a closing note, that is the one thing that Deep Root keeps promising. And I think, you know, it, it's, it's, it's where I would push. If I were making a pinball game today, I would push to bring the wow and the magic back. And, and I'm glad that Deep Root is focused on trying to do that. Uh, you know, there's a lot to be seen on whether or not they can accomplish it. It's one thing to make a prototype where something cool is happening with a pinball. We all saw John Papaduke, you know, with his Zidware Magic Girl blog where he was showing the ball do all this fun stuff. And we all got excited and then we saw the final execution and it, 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 was, it was ridiculous. You know, nothing worked and he couldn't get any of it to work. And so, 
Uh, you know, I don't, I don't, I do not think Deeproot's going to launch a bunch of like Zidware failed like attempts. I think they're going to, they're not going to be able to show us stuff unless it's working properly, right? You can't go to TPF with the game or with some mechanisms and with some examples to put your company on the map and the shit don't work. Lots of pressure for them to deliver on that promise, but they were the ones telling us, get ready. That's all I'm going to say. Got this Jersey boy to move to Texas. Get ready. It's all on Steve Bowden. I tell people, if there's going to be a fall guy, it's going to be Steve Bowden because he's he's put his whole reputation on the line with this whole endeavor. Now, um, I joke. There's always a fall guy somewhere. But anyway, everyone, happy election night. That's been my top 10. Uh, again, there's not going to be that much news this year. We'll try and get some more people interviewed. I want to talk to Christopher Franchi. He said he'd come on the show. Um, you know, Head to Head Pinball is doing a great job interviewing every single person in the pinball hobby. Eventually, Ryan and Marty will run out of people to talk to. Uh, or, they, you know, they might get overly controversial like me and then no one will talk to you. Uh, but look, look, it's a good time to be in the hobby. It's the holidays. The days are getting darker. This creates two things in people. Some people get really moody. They get really cranky. You know, you know, they get locked up in their houses and they, they, they don't have any vitamin D and the sunshine stops coming in and, and you, you, you're going to be on the internet a lot more. I don't know about you, but like I find myself on the internet a lot more in the winter than I do in the summer. And I would just say, be patient with each other. Don't spend too much time on pin side. Work out. I know you're not going to take my advice, but try to work out for every day you go on pin side. And, and ultimately, you know, realize that this is it. That next year, some new stuff is coming that should excite us. But you're not going to see as much news happening. Uh, we're going to see a lot more unboxings happening than ever before. I have asked for people who have a Pirates of the Caribbean to come on the show. For some reason, Eric Katz, who has like every single game, who I invite to come on every single time, uh, always deflects coming on the show every single time. Uh, but I would love to talk to people out there. If you've played these new games in barcades, if you've experienced them at shows, I would love to hear what your opinions are about these new titles. So either hit me up at canadapinball at gmail.com or let me know if you want to come on the show. I've been a delinquent uh, host in terms of getting some of you out there on the show who raised your hand to come on. I will do my best to get you guys on this this winter. I promise. Here's the thing, though. I'm also getting married in three weeks. Yes, Brenda and I will be getting married. So does that mean that there will be less Canada Pinball podcast happening uh, around my wedding? And you know... You know the answer from a guy like me. Hell no. You know I'm going to give you the show you love. All I ask in return is that you vote for me in the Twippies this year um, and you support me on Patreon if you can. And ultimately, that you just enjoy the show. I, I want you to keep coming back. I appreciate it. And I love your feedback, canadapinball at gmail.com. We'll talk to you guys real soon. Thank you, everyone who voted today. Have a great night. <laughs>